It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Monday, August 15th, 2016. We have 24 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have north winds, 10 to 15 knots, gusting to 20 later on in the day. And today we'll talk more with commercial fisherman John Corbin about the physically demanding professions of crabbing in the Pacific Northwest. But first, to look at today's Columbia River ship schedule, we have four inbounders, we have 10 in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have 10 outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the King Yukon. She's a bulk carrier arriving from Vancouver, British Columbia. She's headed for the Anchorage, and she's eventually going upriver to Portland to pick up potash. Look for her in the Astoria Anchorage off the downtown waterfront by about 6.30 this morning. The ATB rig, articulated tug and barge rig, called the Commitment, is arriving from Anacortes, headed for Portland. Her cargo is petroleum. She will probably pass Astoria around 9.30 a.m. and arrive in the Portland area around 3.30 this afternoon. The CSL Frontier, that's Canadian Shipping Lines, is arriving from Mexico, filled with gypsum. She's headed for the U.S. gypsum plant in Rainier. Look for her passing Astoria around 10.30 a.m. and arriving at around 2 p.m. In, in, in Rainier, which is just opposite Longview on the Columbia River. In the Astoria Anchorage, we have the Saldana. She is uh, headed for um, Kalama from the Astoria Anchorage. Um, she's way up by Rice Island. We're seeing ships anchor further up the river, and there seem to be lots of ships on the ship schedule these days. So she's going up river to pick up wheat at Kalama, and she will uh, depart around 1.30 a.m., probably arrive in Kalama by about 6.30 this morning. The Alpha Melody is leaving the Anchorage for... Uh, Vancouver today around noontime. She's going up there to pick up wheat, probably arriving there around 6 p.m. The Global Innovator is uh, headed for Vancouver. She's um, gonna, probably going to be leaving around 3 and arriving around 9 p.m. The King Yukon is leaving the Anchorage for Portland to pick up potash at the Port of Portland. She'll leave around 11 and 11 p.m. and get to there about 5 a.m. on Tuesday. And we have some vessels that are awaiting orders in the Anchorage. The Geneva Star, the YM Endeavor, the Andrea, the Ocean Venture, the Saga Beja Flor, and the, the Coral Garnet. All those ships are waiting in the Anchorage. And eventually they too will head up river and uh, pick up cargo. The Admiral, and these are the outbounders, the Admiral William M. Callahan is a military sea lift command vessel that is leaving around 8 a.m. from the shipyard at Swan Island. She'll probably pass Astoria in the early afternoon around 2 p.m., The Argent Sunrise is next outbound from Vancouver with petroleum on board, I believe, leaving around 8.30 a.m., probably passing Historia outbound around 2.30 p.m. The Violet Ace is a car carrier leaving Portland, I think Ford's on board in this case, leaving around around, uh, 1 p.m., probably passing Historia outbound around 7 o'clock this evening. The Schipholbrock Atlantic is leaving Longview, I think logs on board there, leaving around 2.30, passing Astoria outbound, maybe around 6 p.m. The Ince Point is leaving Longview uh, with Petcoke on board around 3.30. That would put her past Astoria around 7 p.m. The SSI Triumph is leaving Longview with Weed on board at about 5.30. That would put her past Astoria around 9 p.m. The Great Vision is leaving Portland uh, with Weed on board at about 6 p.m. She'll pass Astoria outbound around mid Night. The Atlantic Eagle is leaving Portland, also wheat on board. It is getting to be that wheat export time of year. 7.30, departing, maybe passing Astoria outbound around 1.30 in the morning on Tuesday. And the Westwood Rainier is leaving uh, the Longview docks. I believe maybe newsprint on board might be the cargo there. Leaving around 10 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 1.30 p.m. on um, 1.30 a.m. rather on Tuesday. 
Well, today we're going to hear more from my interview with John Corbin. He's been a commercial fisherman in these parts for 38 years, much of it in the Dungeness crab fishery. The crab are caught individually in traps called pots, and crabbers set the pots by hand, one by one, lowering them from the boat to the bottom of the ocean. One to two days later, they go back, haul them out, rebate the traps, and set them out again. It's demanding work. Here's John Corbin. We have a machine that pulls the, the pot up. We have okay. a, a hydraulic line block that uh, um, that lifts the pot out of the water. But then you land it on the on the dump box where they work it, dump the crab out, rebate it, and throw it back overboard. And then if you're stacking the gear to move it, then uh, you put all the stuff, the line and buoys, into the pot, and then somebody has to carry it to the back of the boat and stack it and then stack the next one in the neck. You may stack 100 or 200 on the boat and run somewhere and then manually throw them back overboard again. So there's a lot of work. And, you know, because it starts in December, aren't you doing that in kind of the worst weather possible around here? It it has the potential, yes. You know, every year is a little different, but, um, yeah, it has the potential. Wintertime is wintertime, so... So how do you know, I mean, and I'm certainly not asking for like inside secrets of where you put the pots, but how do you know where to put them? I mean, when you look, for those of us who are not fishermen, when you look at the top of the water, it all looks the same. Right. So how do you know where to put them? Well, um, these are just things you learn over time. And you kind of, some guys have their favorite spots that they always fish every year. Um, But, you know, the crab don't always know to be in the same spot. Right. But typically, reefs and things like that, you won't find any crab on. So you're looking for softer bottom, flat sand or mud. Uh, So you can see that on your your bottom uh, sounder. You can see what the makeup of the bottom is and stay away from hard bottom and reefs and things. But a lot of it is just um, knowledge you pick up over the years. So when I think about the different, I mean, I don't know exactly how much the fisheries overlap, but do the crab, people who are crabbing have to kind of work with the people who are fishing other kinds of things so that you don't get in each other's way out there? Yeah, it uh, typically, um, uh, in when you start in December, the drag fishermen are really the only other ones that that uh, crab season goes from December 1st till August 14th. So it's a long season. Um, about the 1st of April, the shrimp fishermen uh, get into play, and then and then eventually you get the salmon trollers. And the albacore boats are way offshore, usually, so we don't have issues. But there's, there's plenty of other issues, too, with traffic, ship traffic, tug traffic. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we can have interactions with with that. Our gear is out there. Um, prior to the seasons, we have and and twice a year we have a um, crabber towboat uh, meeting and negotiations, and we have lanes set up, and they're designed that the towboats will stay in those lanes, and the crab fishermen will stay out of those lanes, but. Our gear is out there and sometimes subject to being drug around by the elements, by current, by kelp patties, by all sorts of things. And um, so these interactions do do happen. Mm-hmm. Well, so how do you know with, with a season starting where everybody's at going out there at the same time, how do you know it's your crab pot when you go back to it? 
Well, all of our buoys are, I won't say all because there's enough of us, it's hard to come up with individual color schemes that we paint our buoys. But most of them are different, and we do have an individual brand. Uh, the state issues us a brand number, and that is branded right onto our buoys. Mm, so okay. if my buoys look like Joe's buoys over here, you might have to look at the brand. But typically, a stripe will be a little different on them or something so that we, we know whose is whose. And that was commercial fisherman John Corbin talking about how Dungeness crabbing is done out there day after day and uh, the hard work that goes into getting that crab um, from the bottom of the ocean onto the boat and then eventually to land and to your dinner plate. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.